Hi, this is Susan Farron, founder of First Responders Resiliency. And I'm her daughter, Bailey, and we're the co-hosts of the Resiliency First podcast, where we share the most up-to-date research regarding behavioral wellness for first responders and their families. So take a few minutes for yourself, leave your expectations and to-do list at the door, and welcome to the Resiliency First podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Resiliency First podcast. I'm Sue Farron, and I am here today with Forrest Martin. Good morning, Forrest. Uh, good morning. So you're, I have been waiting weeks, um, and I've been talking about Forrest coming onto this podcast. I have mentioned it in the past, and um, the last podcast I did with Eric Strom, we talked about Forrest coming. So he's kind of our company celebrity, and I just want to tell you a little bit about Forrest from my side, and then we're going to hear about Forrest from his side. We had a conference uh, last year, and Forrest was in the audience, and unbeknownst to me, I was talking about breathwork, and I'm a big fan of Wim Hof. And while I'm talking about breathwork, um, we have a couple of our guys, Ron Scholl, who you've all heard from, talking about breathwork as well and showing it. And it turns out that one of Wim's students, Forrest Martin, is sitting in the audience, and of course, that got to our attention, and we began talking to Forrest and immediately asked him if he would walk us through the real version of breathwork, and it's not just breathwork with uh, Wim, it's cold plunge and other things that you'll hear um, Forrest talk about, but Forrest has now been coming to several of our conferences and being sort of our celebrity breathwork instructor, and even if you try to imitate it, it is not the same as like having Forrest in the room, so... Mm -hmm. I want to take a, a few minutes here and, and talk to Forrest. So, Forrest, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And I don't want to build you up too much, but we've been really excited about having you here. And um, tell us a little bit about you. How, how uh, you know, where do you come from? What did you do? And how did you find yourself in our conference? Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, going way back, I guess. I uh, started out in uh, Yosemite. That's where I grew up. Um, went through a four-year term in the Navy, kind of got to see a lot of the world for that time, and then got out and got into the fire service. I've been stuck with that for the last, uh, since 2007. Uh, worked with Cal Fire here in the Sonoma Lake Napa unit uh, at Oxima Fire Station. Uh, been with their department for going on nine years now. Um, and kind of fell into uh, the resiliency or like this practice just through my own search for trying to find things that I knew would work, you know, good for me because uh, I tried traditional modalities of therapy for, you know, some of my own deals and it didn't yeah. really take to it that well. Yeah. And <clears throat> like, as my wife likes to joke, I don't do anything like half measure. <laughs> if you saw his biceps, you'd know he's telling the truth. So like when I look for like, you know, forms of active therapy, which I like, like, you know, exercise and things like that, I was looking for, you know, like deep meditation, but, you mm -hmm. know, general terms of that were hard for me. But, uh, yeah, just by accident running into the Wim Hof method and finding that tranquility through, you know, a lot of that physical adversity, which I like was uh, really right. resonated with me and, uh, really, uh, I felt that, uh, especially with type A personalities like firefighters, I felt that uh, it really works with us. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and so you, when did you actually go and see Wim? Uh, we are, will be coming up on the three-year anniversary here. Uh, next week is when I flew, uh, three years, three years ago is when I flew to Prague 
uh, to get on a bus to then go six hours north to Poland. Wow. Uh, yeah, to his cabin outside of Przyzika. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, being there for uh, five days. So tell us, I mean, I'm sure everybody wants to know, what's WIM like in person? What was that experience like for you? I mean, I'm sure based on what you've said and the little I know of you through working together, you know, you do have a very um, intense personality, right? You do things in great strides. And like you said, you don't do things in half measure. And and WIM is, he's, and I, I mean this with total respect, he's a kooky guy, right? I mean, I saw him on his um, podcast and YouTubes and all these different videos and you know, I loved it because for a long time, they just referred to him as the Iceman, right? Wasn't, mm-hmm. and, and he was kind of like the crazy guy who was always doing all this ice stuff. But he's become like world renowned. He, everyone knows who this guy is. So tell us a little bit about him. Uh, he's a humble individual, but yes, he is uh, eccentric within his own right. Because I mean, you'd have to be to be doing the sort of things that he's been doing for a uh, know for as long as he has Mm -hmm. like um like when the first time i actually saw him he was just sitting on a bench you know playing guitar and just you know jamming out that's like (laughs) his deal like singing and just doing his thing yeah and then yeah inviting us in for doing the breathing and then getting us out in the cold really quickly just to you know get us you know starting to acclimate to that environment again what's the what time of year did you go uh so it was you know winter you know january three years ago so it was you know the dead of winter and what's the, was, what was the weather like there? I mean, it was cold, but like the, uh, it was kind of a warm year in that time of Europe, okay. like comparatively. So like there wasn't a whole lot of snow where we were at, but mm-hmm. if we, like when we hiked up the mountain on Thursday, there was a pretty considerable amount up there. It was snowing pretty good. So, I mean, the water was plenty cold though, because it was all <laughs> snow melt coming down from the mountain above us. So yeah, it was, it was plenty cold. Wow. And so his, he's really renowned for the cold plunging. But the breath work has always been sort of simultaneous, right? He has always been doing the breath work as well. Is that right? Or is that did that come yes, after? Yes, okay. that's the most important part. Like, there you like go. as I learned, like, and a lot of, especially us, like, you know, we gravitate towards the cold plunge because we think, like, that's the intense part. It's like, oh, I want to get, like, you know, that physical discomfort in this and, like, see how far I can drive into that. And that's great. But that's not really where the change happens, like Wim would say. Like you really get the benefits through the breathing. And wow. then like that gives you the mindfulness. And then it primes your body to take the cold. Wow. So, I mean, there is a different type of like practice for just going like, you know, what they would call uh, no prep, just straight into the ice. That's a different type of practice, okay. which teaches discipline, like power of the mind. Absolutely. Okay. But like for people that are just starting, especially and getting the full benefit, it is like truly like for the three tenets of getting the breath work, the mindfulness and the cold exposure. Wow. But you prime yourself by doing that breathing and that mindfulness. I love that. And, and I got to tell you that last night I was talking to a firefighter who'd come to our conference a couple of years ago and I saw him yesterday and he said he does the breath work every day. Mm-hmm. every day now and you know in great part I think because you're such a credible instructor you know just the way that you deliver the information it's very no nonsense I think I think that's a, probably a key component to many of the people that teach with us right there's just it's it's no fluff we're just right down to the science and the research behind why it works and how to work with your physiology right it's not about conversation it's it's about production you know getting getting answers and so and you it know, shouldn't be complicated Right. Like as Wim would say also, like the change does not require, like it requires work as anything does, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm. You just have to be willing to take the time to put into it and you will get the benefit. And it's just that simple. 
It's kind of like exercise, right? You get yeah. exactly what you put into it. Yeah, precisely. It, yeah, and so, and you know, the big, the big uh, conversation around our organization is that first responders don't take time for themselves traditionally, right? Traditionally, we're out rescuing everybody else, and so we've we had Todd Sarudi on the podcast as well, right? The Honor You uh, Master, and and I just feel very fortunate that we've got such an incredible. A group of people that work with us. And so one of the things I want to ask you about that really, I think the reason I found WIM initially was not only because I was a huge proponent between, I mean, um, about holistic changes, right? Not, not medication, but meditation. Now I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't be medicated. If you're taking medication, don't change it, you know, while I'm talking because I said something, but it's about helping the body stay whole through natural abilities because the body's really designed to help itself, right? It's really designed to heal. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the reason I talk about that is because one of the reasons I was so touched by Wim's story is I heard about how he got into this. And you and I talked briefly about that at one of the conferences. I, my understanding is part of what was compelling for him was his own grief, right? What Correct. Was, what was his story? So his wife committed suicide uh, when I believe he had at the time three children. Okay. And he was just a postman, like deliveryman at the time. Like, you know, he didn't come from means. Like Wim is not, you know, a person that like flaunts wealth by any regard, even if he does have any measure of that. Like he's, you know, a very humble person if you read his story, his new book. Not to promote, but definitely yeah. a good read. What's the book? Uh, just the Wim Hof Method okay. by Wim Hof. <laughs> 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 just keep it simple. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but um, so his wife, she took her life, left him with three kids as a postman, mm-hmm. and and so what was the? What do you think the motivation was after that? Well, honestly, like I would say it was probably just being able to provide for his family by some regard, and, and he found, you know, some degree of early success in just you know promoting himself through his you know what they would say gimmicks. Right. Like, you know, because if you like, take the time to research, you know, his world record attempts for, you know, different things, a lot of that was early broadcasts on BBC, okay. uh, Netherlands news channels, like that was just to make money. Okay. It wasn't until, you know, he, I believe, was approached by like, you know, legit scientists that at the time, like, well, at the, yeah, now can objectively, you know, quantify his results were the ones that finally tracked them down and said, hey, like, we actually want to see what's happening with your body when you do these things that you demonstrate. Yeah. And so they were able to prove that, but then he was able to say, well, I think I can teach this to other people. Yep. Like I am not special. I can develop a method to give this to everyone. And he developed that coursework over several years, launched his first expedition. I want to say probably about a dozen years ago. And maybe I think he says like not even 12 people showed up. Wow. Uh, wow. and yeah, it's grown exponentially since then. And now and it's... I heard him say on a on a podcast or something that I was listening to that part of what he was doing was trying to figure out what was happening to his wife that she could not outrun this psychological demon that drove her to jump out a window, right? I think is what happened. And so at least part of the story I heard was part of the reason he was doing this work was to try to kind of deal with his own grief and try to understand hers. I don't know that that's exactly accurate, but it was very compelling to me. And then I began to follow him and start to try to practice it. And of course, then you walked in the door and all of our lives changed. And so this is a, you know, it's interesting because so much of what I talk about 
in the conferences is we talk about the physiological impacts of our work, not just the psychological, right? And you know this because you've been a military vet and obviously a firefighter for many years. Now you're an engineer and a captain or a captain? Captain. captain. Um, so what we know now is that it's not just that we think about things because so many times we're working with people who go, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, no, no, this doesn't bother me. But it's almost like you begin to sort of erode and you don't know it's happening. So my new favorite line is, you can't see the label from inside the jar, right? So, right? so oftentimes it's our families who say, what's wrong with you? Well, what's going on with you? Or somebody makes a comment to you and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not the problem, you're the problem. Because everybody who works with me, we're all normal. Well, maybe we're all not that normal. So... Tell us about when you first began doing this work. What kind of things did you discover for yourself that really made an impact on you, that really made you dive into this? So like a lot of things, it came to me by accident. Oh, I want to hear that. Uh, divine grace. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just uh, my, my former workout partner uh, read one of the old books just called Becoming the Iceman about oh. him. Um, can't remember the author right now, but uh, yeah. Yeah, we kind of got curious about it since then, did some research, just haphazardly put an ice bath together. Uh, I did not like cold water at that juncture. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, just, you know, like a lot of people, YouTube University, pulling up what we could on just basic breath work. And, <laughs> YouTube University, yeah. yeah. Just, you know, what we could find on breath work at the time. And this was about, I guess, five years ago before he was like, really like, you know, in Europe, he'd been, you know, had a reputation, but not so much here in the States. Mm -hmm. So not a whole lot of information comparatively to now, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but, uh, and also like, you know, uncoached, like a lot of things like, you know, versus like, you know, what you see, some people learn a lot that way. But for me, it was like that actual hands-on mm -hmm. learning with, you know, dev like, you know, devoted instructors that made the big difference for me. Cause you know, I, I'd skimmed the surface, I guess, when I was practicing on my own for probably about two years before okay. I finally got to the uh, expedition proper in Poland and then it was just kind of like, oh, like this is how you actually do this. <laughs> like it's way different when I have someone like, you know, talking me through this and like, you know, cueing my body in different ways and just, you know, holding that space for me. And wow. you know, it's, yeah, it was just a totally different experience having that. And that's when it was kind of yeah, the, the breakthrough for me, for sure, both in terms of the knowledge of the the work itself but just also for what it can do for me like yeah. in terms of just calming and what i like to call finding that quiet space in your head like you know as first responders we always have that alarm bell going like for me it just tunes that out entirely really yeah and so you would say that this is kind of the number one thing that has impacted your life one of yes one of yes. okay i love that and i and that's a great analogy to say the alarm bells always going off <clears throat> excuse me, because that's what I talk about at the, you know, at the conferences, as I say, you know, your, your body doesn't know the difference between on duty and off duty. You tell yourself you're off duty, but your nervous system is still on duty. And you know that because of the way we sit in restaurants or the way we respond when there's a crash in front of us. It's like you're always primed and ready to go. And so even the thing I love about what you just said is even being able to shut it off for windows of time. Right. I think the fear is when you people hear things like meditation, they go, oh, what is this hippy dippy crap? And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start wearing tie dye and smelling like patchouli oil. And that's not true. The truth is 
when you take these moments, take this time to honor yourself, slow down, whether that's meditation, yoga, qigong, a breath work, when you take time daily to care for yourself, it actually makes you better at your job, don't you think? Yeah. And just people don't recognize like the real power you have just in your breathing like what potential you have to unlock like you know deep parts of your brain your system just by doing that like as an athlete i remember one of my boxing coaches many years ago told me like when you're out of breath you're out of the fight wow and it it made sense to me back then in that response but like you know that was a very like one-dimensional like okay like you know i have to keep my cool when i'm in this moment but like then i found whim again then it like another instructor said like that exact same thing he just said like when you're out of breath you're out of you know the event like you can't progress i'm like oh wow like another person saying pretty much the same thing Mm. that really like cued me that like no matter how strong i get i'm still can improve on this and then realizing that by by tuning my breath different ways not only makes me stronger better my job but can you know make me healthier mentally and unlock you know different parts of my physiology like you know balance my hormones squeeze out my lymphatic system it's a real physiological change yeah alkalize your blood and like all these things you can do just by different breathing practices wow and you know what i think and don't don't you know don't agree with me if it's not true but i feel like when we're better in one part of your life our lives we're better in every part of our lives and Bailey, I forget how the phrase goes, but it says when the water rises or when the the tide goes up, all ships rise. Yeah. A rising tide uh, raises all ships. Yes. Thank you. A rising tide raises all ships. And so would you say that that's true for you? Do you feel like you're sort of a better person in many parts of your life because of this work that you do? Yeah, because it's multifaceted. Like, you know, it requires some degree of discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is some work involved. Like depending on how far you go into it, that work can get quite arduous. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoy that though. So yeah. like the method is scalable depending on what you want to do. Like I like to obviously like a lot of most things, you know, take it pretty extreme. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's good for everyone by some regard. Like, yeah. you know, because I've taught just, you know, I've done all three modalities with doing the breath work, the mindfulness and the cold exposure with people. And then, you know, like just with the conference, doing some of the mindfulness and the breath work. And then other bits where I do much smaller portions of, you know, like maybe just learning how to cue your breath properly, like how to stand up straight and like get better posture, like breathe a little deeper, like you feel better just by that little tweak in your body. Wow. Yeah. And I know I got to tell you that one of your, your um, firefighters was in our conference last time. And how do we know she was one of your firefighters? Because this, this girl she meant business. Like you could hear her breathing over the whole room. And we were like, okay, she's one of Forrest's students. We just knew. It was just, it was awesome. And it wasn't that she was so loud, but she was very consistent. And you could just tell there was real intention to what she was doing. So I want to give you a few minutes to talk to us about, you know, when you go to the conference, you, like you said, there's all these modalities. First of all, let me just openly admit that I'm completely intimidated by the idea of going to your house and doing a cold plunge in that horse trough that you have. I'm, I'm terrified of doing that, but I am doing the, um, the amateur version of that in which I do cold shower. So I get into a warm shower, which is awesome. Okay. Like, don't, 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 under, don't come. Yeah. You know, underestimate like, uh, myself yeah. for that. Yeah. Comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh. Hey, write that down. That yeah. was another good, that was a good forest forestism. Um, so, yeah, that's just, good. 
yeah, like if, if that's where you're at, that's fine. That's still an improvement over base. Like just like they'll say with exercise, like how much exercise do I have to do? doesn't matter. Just do something. Just do something. Yeah, like you don't have to be an elite athlete. And we're not asking like, you know, that of people that are starting. Uh, but just go for a walk if you haven't been for a walk in a few weeks. Like yeah. do anything that gets you moving. If you want to get into cold plunge work, great. But like, you know, like, yeah, there's crazy people like me that go straight to the ice bath, but that's not as common. Because <laughs> so. so what I do is I get in a warm shower. I take care of all the necessities, right? I wash my hair. I do all that. And then I just turn, the first thing I do is I turn the shower down to cool, like it's significantly cool. And I give myself about 10 seconds there and then I just drop it down. And this is what I've started doing. This is what I've started doing. This is how I'm psyching myself into this. Instead of going, oh my gosh, because oh, it is really cold. If you're standing in a warm shower and you drop it to cold, it's really cold. I mean, to me, that's a cold, that's a nice plunge. But I now do this thing where I go, oh, this is so refreshing. Oh, this is so refreshing. And so I just tell myself this is refreshing. But it got me to a place where the first time I did that, I lasted about five seconds, 10 seconds, seriously. And now I can probably stand there for two minutes. And my goal is to get to five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, like it's, you know, like what you, what you believe you will accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like it's, as monkey, uh, Wim says, like it's the difference between your monkey brain and your reptile brain, like your old brain. Hmm. Your monkey brain is that sensible part of you that gives you a lot of reason to get out. Oh. Uh, but yeah, when you get to like, you know, that deep part of the brain, the reptile fight or flight, like when you commit to one, you're going to stay there. Okay. Yeah. And it, it is, of course it's, and, and it's, it's not pleasant, but I know it's good for me. And because as you know, because of having a whole career of being exposed to the stuff that we're exposed to, whether it's that chronic state of fight or flight or whether it's trauma and grief, you know, there's some wonderful things that happen in our industry too, or we wouldn't stay in it, but there's enough bad that it takes a huge impact on us. And so would you tell us you know, for like the listening audience who's never been exposed to this, can you tell us a little bit about why this breathing works? Because you talked about things like alkaline and um, changing your pH and hormones. So if you're going to give a three-minute presentation or whatever it is that you want to do here, tell the audience who's listening, you know, why does this work? What happens? Oh, that's a really hard one to condense down into Take as a much time as you minutes, want. Just do as much as you want. Gotcha. I'm trying so, to make it easy on you. All right. One second here. We're going to drink some water and make this easy on Forrest. <sighs> the audience is fully aware that this podcast takes place in a living room. So dogs barking, <laughs> phones ringing, water drinking. And you don't have to go too far into it. I just want, you know, just give us a rough idea of why this work works. What does it do? You just talked about that reptile brain. And I'm so, I just love this. I could hear this all day. Gotcha. So getting, you know, kind of tertiary just on the surface of how deep we can go into this but the baseline science is like you know your body operates on uh your autonomic immune response mm -hmm. and then out of that it's split between parasympathetic and sympathetic okay. sympathetic being you know rest food digestion sleep mm -hmm. comfort all the good happy things mm -hmm. whereas symp uh, the sympathetic side being you know fight or flight so your breath gives you a gateway into being able to influence that directly okay like depending on how I move my breath, how I feel my breath, how I push my breath, the amount of breaths that I'm taking per minute. Uh, if I'm breathing through my nose or through my mouth, if I'm exhaling through my nose or through my mouth, 
uh, if I'm contracting my vagal nerve, like my vagal plexus and my hips and trying to like stimulate my central nervous system. Tell me, what does that mean? Contracting your vagal plexus. So uh, your vagal nerve is your largest like nerve system within the body. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, people always think like, you know, boxers especially think about you don't want to vagal out or something. Like, you know, by getting knocked in the jaw. So that's part of that plexus, but okay. it actually innervates at your hips, like all of that nerve plexus at your hips. Okay. There's like, you know, like yogis, bundies, you know, it's a lot of concentration working on like contracting your hip base and your stomach okay. into your chest. That's like a really deep power center for the body. So if you can contract the right muscle groups, focus your body in the right way, you can really put a lot of like pressure on that system and it can be very jarring really <laughs> when you activate yeah okay. like the first time i got it right was also in poland and it felt like somebody put like electric shock into my back wow. in a good way okay it just like my whole body just lit up in wow. like a weird way huh congruently like if i would have kept pressing i probably would have passed out okay because <laughs> it is intense wow okay keep talking uh yeah so back to back where was i so yeah sympathetic parasympathetic so by deep breathing like you know as you start your rounds through the Wim Hof breathing uh, belly chest <sighs> not forcing the exhale let it just drop deep into the belly force the belly and don't force the belly out but press the belly out okay free up that posterior region of the lungs where all that good oxygen exchange occurs in that deep part of the lungs then move the chest expand the chest feel it expand horizontally and not so much vertically mm. Feeling it then get up to the base of the throat, but don't contract muscles above your shoulders. That's all accessory muscles for breath that you don't need. Wow. That's creating a lactic response. We're looking to be alkali, moving nothing but the belly and the chest through the breathing. <sighs> Passive exhale when I reach the bottom of that exhale, and that's when I start my next breath. Mm. Just by doing that. Don't do this inhale. if you're driving, by the yeah, way. And yeah. don't do this if you're in water. Yeah, safety message. Always practice the method if you get into this in a safe space. Yeah, he's very clear about that when we're at the conferences. Don't do it in water because you'll die and drown. And don't do it driving a vehicle or operating heavy machinery. When you need focus of any kind, you should be doing this laying down. Okay. Always laying down in a comfortable spot. Right, because you get us, even at the conference, you get us all laying on the floor and you just have us kind of tighten muscles throughout our body. I think it goes from our Toes feet. Toes to your top of your head, yep. yep. And then you're you're really mindful about the way you walk us through that, and we just sort of tighten an area and then relax, and then tighten an area and relax. And so it's almost like we recognize when the body's tense, and I think for a lot of us, we're holding tension and don't even know it until after it's not there, right? Oh, absolutely. And so, so go on. So you talk about... And you relax the body, you're laying down, and you're doing this breathing. Keep yep. So deep breathing, uh, getting like that deep breathing into the nose and through the mouth, exhaling through the mouth, uh, automatically increases your uh, response to adrenaline. So you release adrenaline, you activate that fight or flight response. Obviously, you're in that fight response. Okay. More so, like, well, I guess it's the both, because it's, adre- it's still universal with the adrenaline response. Right. But that doesn't have to be fast breathing again. It's all slow rhythmic, but just by like priming the body, by superloading it with oxygen, by breathing properly with your belly and your chest, really getting the full benefit of your lung capacity is going to increase your adrenaline. Okay. So you do that deal. So uh, again, body systems activated through adrenaline. So like a little bit of cortisol reaction. So it heightens your systems of... might make your uh, heart rate increase a little bit. Like and you, you, start to f- you mentioned that we actually feel like you're hyperventilating a little bit. 
But the difference is you're not blowing off a bunch of carbon dioxide. You're actually uploading um, larger amounts of oxygen, right? That's the difference. You are doing both. Yeah, you're, you're taking, you're saturating the RBCs or red blood cells with oxygen while also getting off-gassing a large amount of CO2. Right. So like you'll start to feel some tingling in your toes or your fingers. That's that tetany response uh, when you start to lose all that CO2 because like you're so saturated with oxygen. Like your muscles in your brain will actually hold on uh, to the CO2 it has when it has nothing that it recognizes in the system. That's why you start to feel a little lightheaded. Oh, really? Because your brain is like, wait a second, things like aren't in stasis right now. It requires some degree of CO2 for your body to feel like it's in like a normal homeostasis. Okay. When I've got that much oxygen, that little amount of CO2, the body will hold on to some of those toxic components, including your brain. So you start to feel a little light, uh, lightheaded. Okay. But then you go into that retention that we do. Uh, when right. You, when I tell you guys, last breath, take that deep inhale, exhale, hold, don't breathe. That's when you flip the script to the parasympathetic side of things, dopamine response, oxytocin, uh, like all those happy hormones uh, just get kicked on into overdrive. You go from that sympathetic to parasympathetic. Uh, so as you do that enough, uh, you keep building those rounds. Uh, the response gets deeper. You activate different body systems. And then the part where science is still like, you know, catching up to is like in those deeper rounds and you activate the deep brain. And that's when, like, that trauma release, as I say, you know, uh, occurs for me. Like, when I touched that the first time in Poland, when, like, you know, all these things that I thought I'd buried or didn't even remember I had to deal with kind of came out again. Wow. But you see it in a way that is, like, rather than being a point of view perspective through your traumas, it's like viewing it from a safe space. Wow. Like, you're looking at your... uh, at whatever you want to call your regrets, your traumas, but you're looking at all this through bulletproof glass. I love that. What a great analogy. So you're seeing your trauma and your grief, but you're seeing it through bulletproof glass. So it can't, I sometimes refer to this when I say to people as we train in meditation, you know, your stuff's going to come to the surface, but it's a toothless lion. So it'll scare you, but it can't hurt you. And you just allow it. You just allow it to sort of come over you, be a witness to it. Don't, don't push against it, right? That's, I think the phrase I heard is there's three ways that we deal with our trauma is suppression, repression, and expression. Mm-hmm. And so this is super cool. Okay, so you began to experience that for yourself. Tell us more about that. Uh, yeah, so like my first, what I would call like blast off session uh, was an hour of like, you know, dedicated deep breath work, wow. power breath. You know, the same, a lot of the same stuff that I do with you guys at the conference, just a little deeper, a little more advanced, but for a lot longer. And it really got me somewhere, like, you know, on a different planet, pretty much. Like, I don't know where I went when I came out of that thing. Wow. But, uh, yeah, like, it felt like being, like, mentally and physically lighter coming out of that on the other side. And also being able to, like, before going to that conference, being someone who, like, you know, had cried in front of his wife once in, like, about nine years Mm. at that point, to, like, being much more open about the idea of crying now. Yeah. And just being more open, just, like, through that one week, like, essentially, like, it just, like, cracked me open. I was like, oh, like, this is how I can be. Like, I am a better person through... Like, a lot of things I did not realize. And I can do all this, like, it's free. It's... Yeah, oxygen is free still. Mm-hmm. It's still free. Yeah, thank God. Unless you want to go to a place in the in the airport where they're doing oxygen therapy. It's crazy. So you made a comment earlier about the oxygen exchange in lungs. And I have heard and teach that that 
the 80% of the best oxygen exchange takes place in the lower 20% of the Correct. lobes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it Correct. really, and we tend to breathe, I call us clavicle breathers, right? We tend to just breathe right there at the top of our lobes because that chronic state of fight or flight or even just general laziness and unawareness, we just don't take deep breaths, right? Yeah. And that well, just, horrible chairs, horrible posture. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you breathe with like everything above your diaphragm pretty much. Like you become, yeah, rib breathers and yeah, or clavicle breathers, same thing. You move your shoulders and like you're hyphen up your neck, like all unnecessary. Yeah. Because by focusing on just that belly chest movement of breath eventually, like, because again, you're off-gassing all that CO2, introducing a whole lot of oxygen, like your bicarbonate response changes, you become alkali. When you become alkali, you become more resistant to inflation. Cortisol levels go down. Like that happens within about five minutes of the breath work. Wow. So just like, even if you can't spend like, you know, a dedicated hour to do this, like most people can't, I don't most of the time anymore. About 20 minutes is good for me on most days. But even just three to five minutes of this, you can get like a passive response to like yeah, inflammatory markers in your body. Wow. Which affects you in so like, you know, not just physically, but mentally too. Like, you know, it's body chemistry. Yeah. If it's tainted, then it's going to screw something up. Well, and that's the thing is that like who in the world needs to be in the best possible neurological, physiological, psychological, and physical shape than the first responders, right? But like, we're not taught this stuff. We're not, certainly not taught this in the academies. Hey, we're going to sh- and it's not just going to the gym, right? That's the thing is that most of what we've been taught our whole lives is external, Mm-hmm. You know, they're not looking at the inside. And that's what I say is the way out is in. Go inside and start doing some of this work. You don't have to, it's just my philosophy, but you don't have to keep going back and revisiting the past. That just keeps ripping the wound open. Let's go forward. Where do you want to be tomorrow? What do you want for your life, right? How do we focus on the best version of me? And, you know, for people who meet you, and I, you know, I jokingly talk about being intimidated to do a cold plunge with you, and I, that's no joke, actually. But you're a very dedicated, committed man to physical fitness and and the life that you live. And that can be intimidating for people who come into the conference and they're like, oh my God, I could never get there. But you also have all this grace around the fact that it's okay to start anywhere, right? Like you said, if you haven't done it in weeks, go for a walk. And so the breathing you do with us, you walk us through, we don't have to go through the process, but I'd love you to talk about how you walk us through the, you know, the fully in fully out, fully in, fully out. And then at the end of that, we do 30 breaths. Is that right? Uh, depending on your own rate and rhythm. Okay. Like, cause like I've, but well, when, when you I train with, us, what do you do? Would uh, you make us take 30 the first, the first round or what do we do? Cause, uh, cause I'm doing with a group of people. Like, again, I tell everyone to have your own rate and rhythm as okay. long as it's slow and steady. Like that looks different to different people. Okay. Right. Um, like, so I found like about the average for about like, you know, about a five minute time block for like deep breaths that averages anywhere from about 30 to 50 breaths, depending on the individual. And the first time we stop, you have us hold it, right? We let it out. Is that right? Correct. Well, it's, it's a hold, but not in a sense of like, again, all of your breath hold, like you're not holding with all of your breath and you're actually letting your breath go and then just not breathing and keeping the passive small amount that you still have left in your belly. You're just letting your chest fall, exhale, and then stop breathing. And the first time we did that, we didn't breathe for what, was it a minute? Yeah, 60 seconds is like the, uh, well, I guess they would say the prescribed numbers for like, you know, elevating the times. Okay. And the cool thing was, so the first time I did it, I could hear, well, this is going to sound weird but I could hear my brain saying, breathe, 
but I also noticed that I had no physiological desire to breathe. Like that sense that you get, right? Almost like your chest heats up. It's like, breathe, I need to breathe. I didn't feel that. So I trusted you, right? And I just didn't breathe until I felt the need to breathe, which was at whenever you said, go ahead and take a breath now. And then we did a second round. Yep, just got right back into that belly chest breathing. And do you have us do that for like a minute and a half, you said? Is that how long we do that, that belly chest breathing? How long do you actually run those that breathing for us? Uh, so that runs approximately about five minutes. Oh, five minutes, okay. Yeah, five minutes for the breathing set, and then okay. the, the retentions escalate. Um, and then you have the recovery breath uh, after the yes. retentions where you take that deep breath, hold for 15 seconds, and then release. It is so friggin' magical. And I, I mean, you can tell, I know they're going to go on to, hopefully people will go on to YouTube University and watch Wim Hof and some of these guys. It's incredible. That second round you do where we, uh, what do you call, we don't hold our breath, we just stop breathing. Mm-hmm. So the second set, is it a minute and a half you have us go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, to emphasize to someone listening with a, going the allotted times is not indicative to success in the method. Okay. Because every person, every body is different. Like if you can only do 30 seconds, that's fine. That's a like, win. Yeah, exactly. That's like your body is still getting that benefit. Just don't think that you have like, I'm not looking, no one's, we're not trying to make anyone black out. <laughs> we did by that. By holding it too much. Yes. <laughs> we did that. People can in a different response. But yeah, we're not like, you know, we're not searching for that. And like, we're not trying to make it uncomfortable for anybody. Like the people that do like, you know, go full send like I have and like, you know, have passed out. Like you don't reach that by being uncomfortable. You just suddenly find yourself there because you are that comfortable. <laughs> and you, I love what you said, because of course this happened at the last conference when you weren't there, but I walked them through the breathwork um, video that we had. And sure enough, one of the guys passed out on the third round. And it's, you know, I have an emergency room physician who teaches with Dr. McCullough. So he was there and thank God. And of course, like you said, this is a hundred percent safe. This is a hundred percent safe. Your body may do that, but you just lay there and wait for it to recover. And then you come back but everybody feels I mean I've never heard a person say oh that wasn't incredible if you're doing it it is actually an incredible experience and then you have us do a third round and then after the third round is it two minutes that we go without breathing or you you mm-hmm. that's general a general yeah. time frame yeah general time frame and I know that some of the guys now practice trying to extend that um, the way I do it now is I do it when I get up in the morning. So I followed your directive, which is I get up, I use the restroom, I come back, I crawl into bed, I relax my body before I start my day, and I just go through the process. And I listen to actually one of the um, audio things where it talks about, you know, your, and oh, yeah. it's, ding, mm-hmm. it starts the thing and just breathe in, fully in, fully out, fully in, fully out. And I just guide myself with that. So you can do this at home with, a, you know, an actual Wim Hof instructor. There are different people on YouTube now doing it, right? Who are Wim Hof and students? Oh, there's, yeah, I mean, there's so much information regarding this now. Like, and you can go as deep into it as you want. Like, you know, they have, you know, like from in-depth medical journals, like if you want to go that route to just, you know, basic practices and different modalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of it is, you know, freely available too. Yeah. Like Wim doesn't you know, want, you know, any of this information to be, you know, like withheld from anyone. Bottled. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it should be available to people to learn. We're humans. We should know how to work with our human suits. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what we're doing is we're working with the human suit and you don't have to buy a gym membership. You don't have to, 
buy a product, you just need to practice breathing and accessing parts of your brain that normally remain dormant. And get outside. Yeah, talk about, we talk about nature, how important nature is. And I love the fact that, you know, people can't see this, obviously, but you walked in here, the first thing you did, you took your shoes off. And you just love to be grounded. And you're, you know, you're a... You're not as uh, eccentric, I think, as Wim, but you're well known for walking in. You're this behemoth of a man, and you walk in the door with your, um, I don't know what they're called, but they're genie pants. And I don't know if you're barefoot or do you wear the foot, the the feet things. Barefoot. That, yeah, you're barefoot. And you know nobody's ever going to say a word to you, but mm-hmm. it is. I love the fact that you just you are going it to your own drum. You just have your own way of living your life, and yet people follow. Because you, you're self-possessed, right? You, you are clear about who you are, what you believe, and how you live your life. And I think that in a lot of ways, of course, the breath work is magic. And I think that everyone should look into this. And this is an incredible thing to learn about and how to work with your human suit. But also, I think people like you, men like you, all people who are self-aware, and and living their best life i think that sets everybody else free to pursue that for themselves right so it's a multifaceted skill set that you have and i I mean i'm i'm grateful that someone like you says you know what i'm not just gonna you know watch wim hof and read a book i'm gonna get on a plane and fly to poland and travel mine what how many hours did it take you to fly there uh I guess with the connection, it's about 14, 15 hours. <laughs> and then you drove six hours? Yeah. Not like, to be fair, I had a couple of days pulled over in Prague uh, before I got on the bus. And uh, yeah, awesome city if you ever get the chance, unrelated, but definitely visit Prague. Wow. Wow. So it was a pretty incredible experience. It's incredible to have you at the, the conferences and to introduce people to this. Um, there are some... There's always some warnings that you give, and so I know we talked about them a little bit before, but would you just kind of remind us, you always say, this is completely safe, and then you have a way of putting that. How do you say that? Yeah, the, uh, the breath work at its heart is 100% safe as long as you do it in a 100% safe environment. Okay. Uh, the one caveat to that would be uh, people that are pregnant or people that have uncontrolled diabetes, hypertension, or recently had massive like cardiac uh, surgeries. Okay. Just to check with your physician before you decide to get into the breath work. Right. Like deep breathing anyway, like the, like, you know, first round. Yeah. You know, like learn how to properly breathe for sure. Like through the belly chest, but don't try any of like the deep holds cause it can actually increase your heart rate and blood pressure a okay. little bit incrementally. Cause again, you are playing with that sympathetic, th- uh, sympathetic parasympathetic response. Yeah. So you do want to be careful with that with some people, Yeah. but yeah, by and large again, like for again, like safe, right? Like safe, effective, just as long as you always do it in a safe environment. Yeah. Like be laying out, uh, or if you do choose to do it sitting up, which you can do, but you know, do it so that you have plenty of space between <laughs> your head. That if you do pass out in the later rounds, if you want to go like four, five, six, seven, eight rounds, like sometimes I'll do, then you can very viably, you know, lose consciousness temporarily during these deeper sessions of breath work. Uh, if you don't want to fall over and knock your head on something. Yeah. And, and so I think the important thing for people to recognize is that what you said, which is scientists got into this, right? They started proving that this was true. And there was scientific proof to that this crazy guy who was doing these ice uh, plunges and breath work was actually really changing his own physiology. But we also have Dr. McCullough, who's attending all of our conferences, and he just 
listens to you and he validates everything you say and he you know answers questions for people who want to know and I just feel like it's one, one of the best things that we do at the conference now and you've just it's become a really popular thing it's always super hard I know I feel like a stalker because <laughs> every time we've got a training going on I'm like forest 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 really want to get you in there it's it, a lot of it is who you are but also you're a great instructor right the Thank audience you. loves having you there I think you're are you coming to the February conference do we know this for sure yes yes so this is going to be an awesome conference I think we're about six slots away from being sold out and so, yeah, if you're, if you're on the fence about going to the conference, you would have to sign up today mm-hmm. uh, for the luxury of seeing Forrest live. So I want to say just I am so grateful for you being here today and talking to us about this. I want to give you a chance to say anything else because I, I know we've kind of dialogued. Is there anything else you want to offer? And then I think what we're going to do is we're going to have you back. And when we have you back, I think we're going to do um, an introduction to the cold plunge and, and allow you to talk about what you know, the ice water and the cold does to you as well, right? Yeah. So we'll do that. I don't think we're actually going to do a cold plunge on that podcast, but anything's possible. I might bring one for me. <laughs> Interview you while I'm on an ice bath. That'd be interesting. <laughs> so tell us, is there anything else you'd want to say about that breath work? Uh, just kind of going back uh, to like his, uh, just always realize uh, one of my other favorite quotes that like Wim also uses was, uh, you are enough. I love that. Don't uh, like start somewhere. Like you know, don't be hypercritical of yourself on this. Don't think you have to do this like every day to get the best results. Like just try it once, see how it feels. And if you don't have the full half hour, try it for five minutes. Like any little bit. Like just trying anything makes it better. But even if you choose not to, just realize that you're still like you know. Don't be critical on yourself. Just find the things that are best for you, and. Yeah, as Wim says, uh, be happy, healthy, and strong. I love that. You know, one of the last things that Eric and I talked about, and I cut this out on my vision board, and it says, never be a bully when talking to yourself. Right? It's like we wouldn't talk to the people, not usually talk to the people the way we talk to ourselves. So I love that. That is great. You've given us some great quotes today, and uh, I think I'll I'll put those in the newsletter. So we're <laughs> going to have a newsletter about this, and we'll have referring people to this podcast um, thank you for being here today. Of course. And can I lure you so now I have a, an audience listening to come back again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do live local and fire season doesn't start for another hopefully five months. Okay. All right. We'll bring you back. Well, we're going we're gonna to sign off. Um, that was Forrest Martin, uh, captain with Cal Fire, who's our breathwork instructor. And you are welcome to write to us at info at resiliency1st.org to get more information about Forrest or the work that he does with us. Um, Feel free to reach out to us. And thank you, Forrest, for being on the show today. Of course. All right, everybody, be safe, and let's go change the world together.